1: Welcome to another edition of the Spartan Sports Wrap here. It's 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. It is the Impact Radio Station, and this is the Spartan Sports Wrap. My name is Alex Sharg. I'll be your host as usual every Monday from 7 to 8. And to my left is usually a man named David De Fever. but this week, David is out. And to my left today is a guy by the name of Anthony Serafino. He's been on the show earlier this month. He's a big Jersey giant himself, straight from New Jersey, straight from Glen Rock. Anthony, glad to have you on the show. As usual, a lot to cover today. Great to be here, Alex. Can't wait to get started. Absolutely. And of course, as you know, and if it is your first time tuning into the show, how the show works is we have our traditional question of the week and how it will work is officially starting next week, we will be giving away future prizes. And if you get the question right... I think how we're going to do it is we're going to have uh, a random number drawn uh, when, when people call in or when they tweet in. There's going to be a random number. And whoever tweets or whoever calls in at the, at, the, at, the, at the exact random time, whatever number that will be, you will win a prize if you get this question of the week correct. And the question of the week this week is, and it has to be, because the past two weeks we have always had our goon of the week be Chad Johnson. Our beloved Chad Johnson, two weeks ago, he was cut from the Dolphins. A week ago, he headbutted his wife. Unbelievable. This week is the question, what did Chad Johnson do this week? What happened to Chad Johnson in the news? If you know the answer, this actually just came out today, and I'm not going to name the news source because that will give away the question, but if you do know what happened to Chad Johnson this week in the news, feel free to tweet at 89 FM Sports Rap. Again, at 89 FM Sports Rap. If you know what happened to Chad, tweet at the Sports Rap or call in. The number, as usual, 517 432 3893. Again, 517 432 3893 is the number for this show. The lineup for today's show, 705. We're talking a lot of Spartan football. Who should be MSU team captains? Keys to the game against Boise. Statistical expectations for Maxwell and more. We'll get all day, all about that at 7.05. 7.35, the Detroit Tigers. Everyone's talking about what does this team need to do? What is the consistency going on with this team? Gotta but get what, something done. Gotta get something done. You got it right, Fino. But what I ask is, are you impressed with Jim Leland so far this season? And would you give Jim Leland the boot? That will be the topic at 7.35. 7.40, we're talking a little little bit about Calvin Johnson. A little curse that we will talk about, Fino and I, at 7.40. At 7.45, we're talking about the lockout. Reports are saying that the players are far, far apart. What is the state of hockey? We'll talk about that at 7.45. And to cap off the show at 7.55, we have our goons of the week. And of course, with Chad Johnson being a repeating goon two weeks in a row, we have some new goons this week. So if you know or if you want to comment about anything during the show, 517-432-3893 or tweet at 89FM SportsRap. Again, at 89FM SportsRap. Whether you know what happened to Chad Johnson or whether you want to comment on MSU Spartan football or any other topic, feel free to tweet or call in. Sofino, I got to ask you. Talk to me. Your New York Mets. <laughs> what a mess. <laughs> what a mess. But I mean, besides from the New York Mets, the Detroit Tigers so far... Uh-huh. You know, they're slowly working their way. But tell me about your state of the Mets real quick. What's your opinion? Playoff birth. They were, they were peaking a little bit.
0: Peaking a little bit. But the status on my Mets is, you know, it's just, it never goes right for this ball club. Every <laughs> time I sit and watch, whether it's at City Field or dismally, unfortunately, watching on television, I look at the state of the Mets and I see what could be a big market team selling short. <laughs> and then I, you know, I live in a market where I see the Tigers, and they will do whatever it takes to win a championship. And the Mets are not even close hey, to I, that
1: point. I have to argue with you. I think that the Detroit Tigers will do whatever it takes to win. I think Dombrowski will, but it's the matter of fact. You're right. It's the matter of fact. If they will do it, the answer is obviously up in the air right now. Yeah,
0: it, it really is. It really is. So
1: starting off with the show, we want to talk about MSU Spartan football. Got I think you can agree off, you know, that the hype around the MSU community is enormous. It's unbelievable.
0: You know, and, you know, going off what you said, Alex, you know, whenever do we open up a season here at camp, right on campus, you know, new scoreboards, unbelievable Friday night game on ESPN, this ain't Youngstown State, this ain't the cupcake game anymore. When can we say a national televised ESPN game that MSU has had a significant hype opening up the season. I can't even tell you the last time MSU is opening up with tons of hype. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's just, it's something that is, it makes you feel good to be a sports fan.
1: You oh, know? Yeah, absolutely. And, and with that being a sports fan and, and with the hype that MSU does bring, we have to talk about the current state of this team. This team right now, okay, We're we're three days away from naming the captains on this MSU team. <laughs> three days away. And as far as I'm concerned, this team has a lot of question marks. Don't get me wrong. The Rose Bowl last year was great. Kirk Cousins, what a guy. But right now, this offense and this team overall, a lot of question marks. So this Thursday, Fino, out of every player that they have so far in this roster, who are you going to put as your captains and why? What three players are you going to promote to those captains and why? Well, wow. let's start with individually. Who's, who's the first guy you think of when you think of team captain of MSU football?
0: I mean, I think defense. I mean, when I look into it, and I know I probably will get you know, someone I can only imagine. Someone calling in and saying, you know what, Fino, I totally don't agree with you. But I guess what? This guy, when he plays, one of the best defensive players. You gotta go with Will Golston. You can say what he did at Michigan. Michigan fans definitely do not like this guy, but you gotta go. This guy dominates the D line. I'm gonna go with Will Golston Alex. I mean, this guy he plays to win
1: games for us. Sure. And just a comment. Uh, this this past week, I was able to go to the practices and to okay. the preseason camps and talk with the players about the guys that they don't like to face. I talked about with D'Antonio, who's the who's been the leader so far? And many of the players do I don't even want to say hate. They are petrified of a guy named Will Golson on the line. No one wants to step in and block that guy. I I could say that everyone on that team is thankful and down to their knees that Will Golson is an MSU Spartan. So with what you said, I totally agree. Will Golson is one of the most feared, you know, one of the one of the biggest roles on this MSU defense. But when it comes to team when it comes to a team captain, fino, you know, I've got to say Andrew Maxwell and this is why. Yes, the guy hasn't played 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 in a legitimate game yet. He has not played in the Big House. He has not played against Notre Dame. He hasn't had any key games yet. I can totally agree. Mm-hmm. But this is why I believe he should be a captain. Players and coaches have came out and said, "We're not worried about Maxwell." D'Antonio last week he will handle himself in any pressure situation. He came out and said it himself. So, there comes a responsibility as a coach as we discussed, that you have to have that confidence about your player. You have to have that respect. You have to have that 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 confidence that he will go out in the field and he will not be disrupted, regardless if it's his first year or if he's a transfer. Regardless. So, when I say Maxwell for captain, I'm not saying he's the best player on the team. I'm not saying that that. When he goes out every game this year, he's going to go ahead and rack a, rack a, have a 2,000-yard, have 3,000-yard year. I, I'm not saying that at all. Mm. But what I am saying is with the respect and with the confidence that Darquez Denard, Will Golson, and Antonio, all these guys have for Maxwell, I say, let him be the leader and promote him the team captain. Now, your thoughts on that, and regardless, what about your thoughts on Maxwell? Okay, well, first of all,
0: let me start off with, you know, your little blurb, you know, on our boy Andrew Maxwell. Oh. You know, I love Andrew Maxwell. You know, Maxwell, believe it or not, Spartan fans, we all know this that Maxwell's success is going to hinder MSU season dramatically. Agree? I mean, you can, no one is doubting this whatsoever, but what people are potentially doubting is are we going to name a guy that is unproven? Now, I like him. Sure. I, I am a fan of his work ethic. He's a hard-working practice. You know, first guy in, last guy out kind of person. Okay. But, are you know, is the team going to be able to rally? This isn't Kirk Cousins, who commanded he was a leader. Not
1: saying Maxwell's a leader. But he's been there and done that. And to interrupt you just for a second, about Kirk Cousins doing that, three touchdowns in the preseason game against the Redskins. I mean, Did you un- catch it?
0: I mean, unbelievable. I saw him. Great poise. I mean, th- you know... Cousins is going to be, you know, he has some, he's going to be pretty formidable in the NFL. So that's something we can look forward to as preseason closes. Now, your thoughts. Now, my thoughts on it is, you know, I think Maxwell, if we're going to make him the captain, you need to make sure that he has absolute command and respect in that locker room. Are people going to sit and rally around Maxwell potentially like they would rally behind a Golston? Someone Mm who has won single-handedly, made big plays. Now, I know people would be like, listen, you know, Maxwell has not had that opportunity to win games for them. And I think you'll have those opportunities. But this is a defensive team, you know. Going back to it, you know, Max, you know, Bulla. You know, Bulla is going to play great. Danikos Allen is going to play great. Marcus Rush, you know, these are guys on our squad that, you know, are built to win. And it's defensively built to win. An unproven offense— but built to win defensively. Why not name the captain on a defensive team that's built to win? I,
1: you know what? That's a very fair argument, but you're absolutely right. The first guy that you can make the argument that is Golson. but I think from a team standpoint, I think the first guy in the image that this MSU team wants is Maxwell. Now, my question is, if it's not Maxwell, if he isn't a captain, who is the guy on offense that you're going to name a captain? Is it the offensive guard in McDonald? Is it a Le'Veon Bell? Who is it, Fino? I who, mean, in your opinion?
0: you know, you know. when I sit and look at it, if you're not going to name Maxwell, you then you're basing it off experience and winning you games. And if we're going to go on with that, then why not name Le'Veon Bell, number 24, the man who scampers himself. Name this guy and make him captain. You know, guys respect him. So many MSU athletes off the football field respect Le'Veon Bell. He is an absolute... I don't, you know, he's a scholar of a person. He's respected. He commands the locker room. These are things that Mark D'Antonio one hundred percent looks at. Does he command the locker room? He believes in that, and you know, sure. I totally believe in. You know, with the season that has so much expectation for Sparty, why not go with the sure thing that knows that can lead you to that victory? I mean, it's if it's if you're going offensive. I'm not opposed to Maxwell, but I would like to see Maxwell the captain only if that locker room and the, you know those other guys in that locker room are going to respect him outside the huddle, inside the locker room.
1: That's something important Sure, and in your defense, Fino, that remains to be seen. Yes, they came we out to, know. they came out to the media and said they have the respect for him. They know he's going to be a leader. They're scared. He has the precision and the accuracy, but you're right. It remains to be seen in the game if they will have that I want to see what
0: he can do in a game.
1: What can he do in a
0: game? Because when Boise State under the lights, you know, Boise State is not
1: cupcake, bro. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And we'll get to that in a second, but the worst thing I would hate to see is if a guy like Maxwell gets named captain, and then Benny Fowler pulls a Terrell Owens, goes up to the quarterback, as in a Tony Romo slash Andrew Maxwell, and gives (laughs) him the whole stunt and ruins the whole copy. As long as he doesn't cry.
0: <laughs> as long, but seriously, yeah, you know, I, I, I I see where you're going. Yeah, you know, I see where you're going. Is, is are are these guys gonna back them up, or when if let's just say when you know sometimes things don't go as planned, yeah. and that Mark D'Antonio always is adept to prepare his team for when things do not go right on the football field. So talking about off-field and tangible issues, sure. are they gonna back them up? And by naming him the captain, Marty Antonio is telling our Spartan community that he is willing. You know, not only to take hits for the team, but they they have his back when things don't go. I'm not saying, hey, don't get hey, on me. Hey, I'm not saying things are not going to go well. I want us to succeed, and I think we can. But if you're going to name captain an unproven guy, he better have that than that locker, that respect
1: in that locker hey, room. Will he get that command? feel free to call in 517-432-3893. Again, 517-432-3893. Fino himself, will he get that respect? Will Andrew Maxwell... I hope so. I think we all hope so. But when it comes down to reality and when it comes down to predictions, will he get that respect? And if not, Maxwell and Golston and even Le'Veon Bell. Who else on this team should be a captain? 517-432-3893 or tweet at us at 89 FM Sports Rap. and I want to give a shout-out to Ben Freed for getting our Chad Johnson question of the week correct. All right. And we're going to go ahead and, and comment on that real quick. Basically, for those who are just tuning in and who have not heard, basically, the, the overall news surrounding him, this past week, Chad Johnson is facing a foreclosure on his $400,000 Florida condo. And why? Why is that? And this is coming out of Complex Sports, article written by Chris Uscavage. Why didn't he pay that? Why can? Why is his house being foreclosed for four hundred thousand dollars? Well, right. the simple answer to that is because he did not pay the contractor the money, and he has back payment of twenty eight thousand dollars. Now, why does he have the back payment? Obviously, because he's a goon, a and total he, goon, and then he got dropped by the Dolphins, and he's jobless and he's unemployed. Now, the funniest part about this Fino is the part about buying a three hundred and fifty thousand dollar home for one of his baby mamas for collateral. That's unbelievable. <laughs> I, I, I can't even fathom when I heard that on the news. And, and the fact that he bought the $350,000 home, he had to take out an additional $150,000 private loan just to have the collateral in the mean in the first place. So he's 200K down. With this collab, I mean, it's it's a, it's a total mess. Hey, and, and who even knows about his other
0: assets? This is just one property. I mean, I, I don't even want... I, I'm, I don't know how athletes... Maybe MSU should give them a course on financing. <laughs> because they get all these millions, and they can't even finance their cat. I mean, do they learn anything? I have no it's idea. Just, it's totally unbelievable. And you get a good sense in this. In going and watching Hard Knocks. I don't know <laughs> if sure. anyone does not watch HBO's Hard Knocks, I'm going to be the first to say this. You know, I recommend it completely. It's a great show and a great insight Uh on a couple teams, you know, each year. Now, going back with Chad Johnson, you know, I thought he, I think Chad Johnson, now Alex, tell me what you think. Do you think Chad Johnson can contribute, not not like the Patriots, can he contribute and make a difference on an NFL team this year?
1: Hmm. So... I have to look at both sides of that issue. And we're going to just talk maybe a minute or two more on this. Okay. I'd say the main point is, one, he doesn't know anything about finances because he went to Oregon State. Okay, Corvallis. Corvallis. (laughs) To start. And number two, I personally think that he does have it in him. I think the fact that the Dolphins were willing to take a chance on him. Teams in the past have been willing to take a chance on him. I think that within one year, I don't think his skill and his playmaking ability can just go away like that. Because it's the fact that this year he was already on a contract with Miami to play this year. And they took a chance on him this year. So for that reason, with, with as much as the, as the criticism and, and what's in the news with this Miami team, for them to go out and make a media a stunt like that, I think that he does have it still. I mean, what's your thought? I mean, I, 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 I definitely,
0: when he got, you know, when the Dolphins picked him up and said, why not? You know, I can't tell you, Alex, how many people said that the Dolphins were doing this for publicity, hard knocks, you know, he's a joke, this guy cannot contribute. But let me be clear and state that Chad Johnson, he can contribute to an NFL team. It's a very similar situation to Terrell Owens in Seattle. Almost a mirror situation. The difference is, T.O. is done talking reality hit Tio that he couldn't get an nfl job
2: yeah
0: he had to settle for the austin wranglers in an arena football league before they cut him loose (laughs) he got it he got the memo he got the memo chad hasn't gotten the memo yet and when he does he'll be ready to play because from one the film that i've seen on johnson making the routes cutting patterns he was making plays
1: Sure. He was making
0: plays was. and making his quarterbacks, Matt Moore, David Girard- and, David Gerrard. And you're
1: right. He was making Pan plays. Out. He was in practices running his routes fine. But it still remains to be seen. In the game, Will the, in any game situation for that matter, will he still be that productive? I think he can.
0: And I think, like you said, Alex, the main thing is it. May, it remains to be seen and time will tell. Will Chad
1: produce? We don't know. The infamous Chad Johnson, <laughs> you're infam- absolutely right. Time will tell. 5174323893, your thoughts on Chad Johnson or this MSU football team. And speaking of wideouts and Chad Johnson and the expectations for him, let's talk about for a minute the expectations for Andrew Maxwell. I love I love the guy. I want him to Hard be a worker. team captain. Hard worker, he's confident. People have said that he's at the level especially with Kirk Cousins mentoring him. He had Kirk Cousins. He had those two years. He saw what Kirk Cousins has has done. He's at a place right now that is, this is according to, to numerous players on that team, he's at a better place right now than when Kirk Cousins started in his place as a junior. That is a tremendous statement coming from guys who have not seen him play in the big house, who has not seen him against Ohio State, regardless of any other Big Ten game. So your thoughts. Statistical expectations: Is he having a two thousand yard year? Is he ha- how many interceptions is, is this guy really going to have? How many touchdowns? Well, I think when it comes down to it,
0: you know, we look Alex. We've looked at Maxwell. You and I have spoken about Andrew Maxwell for honestly hours. Yeah. And what we've both deduced from it is MSU's statement and MSU's play is going to completely hinder on Maxwell. There's no doubt about it. Now. What do I expect from him? Well, I'll say this: two thousand yards. If he doesn't even get the two thousand yards passing, I don't even think MSU can remain competitive. I understand it's a new offense, you know, a really new offense. You know, you got new receivers coming in. You know, Le'Veon Bell. You know, he's got a ro- you know. You're gonna add Nick Hill in that rotation of yeah, a running back. There's a lot of unproven things about this offense. Now, Benny Fowler, like you said, you know, D'Anthony Arnett, you know, we could talk about it forever, but, you know, Maxwell, it's going to come down to how does he play in a big spot, the big house, going going to Camp Randall in Wisconsin, going to these hostile environments and winning. Sure. Is that possible? Mm -hmm. Is that something we can expect? I hope so. I want to believe so. What a person are my expectations for the Boise State game yeah. Friday l- night? L- let's
1: talk about let's that.
0: Talk, let's talk individual performance. Sure. great. Okay? Now, if we're going to look at individual performance, if Maxwell doesn't come out with at least 200 yards throwing and at least two touchdowns, I don't see us winning the game. That's honesty. I can see him throwing a pick, but think about it. You're going to have some jitters. I think he's going to succeed. The crowd's going to be on your side. It's going to be different than going into, you know, going to a road environment your first game of the season. yeah, He'll get that experience, but if Maxwell doesn't throw 200,
1: 225 throwing, it's going to be tough sure. to beat Boise State. So with that statement, Fina, with, 200, with, with, with two touchdowns and those statistical st- the st- the stats you just gave, do you honestly think that this Boise State offense— will still overcome more than two touchdowns on our defense? Do you think they could score more than 14, 17 points on our defense?
0: I think anything is possible. And what I know, do I want? No, I don't think they
1: can. Anything is possible, but will they? Your predictions on this game?
0: Yes, I think they put more than 14 points up. Absolutely. They, and what am I going for? Last year, you know, Boise State opened up the season. You know, Boise State does not care who they open up the season against. You know, two years ago, let's talk about two years ago. I understand two years ago, Fino, Kellen Moore, different look. Understandable. But that was Kellen Moore's first dominant year in the NCAA. Was his junior year. And he went into a neutral field in Landover, Maryland, against Virginia Tech, and beat them And the last, and he put 30, they put 38 points up. Yeah. And, you know, Virginia Tech put 31. So, against a very good Virginia Tech team, he went out there, And played great. Boise State did as well. I understand it's a different look, but you talk about similar situations. Boise State offensively is an extremely similar situation than what Sparty is looking at right now. Joe Southwick hasn't even looked and started a game. Pretty sure Aaron Maxwell hasn't started one either. Sure. They're looking at very similar situations. You know, he's going to have a tougher task, Southwick is. Yep. Against a Michigan State defense, but sure. it's possible. I think they score more than 14. Realistically, I want to say Boise State and puts up anywhere in between 17 and 21 points against our defense. Sure. I, that's real.
1: And you just got to look. Boise State is coming into the season ranked 24. 24. Notre Dame, not even ranked. It's unbelievable.
0: You know, if you look at the coaches, Notre Dame is always going to be, you know, they're always going to be ranked. You know, Boise State opening up in Dublin against Navy. But, you know, they're ranked. This Boise State team is ranked. They're not a bad team. And if you're in the AP and the USA Today coaches poll ranked preseason, you're a good team. And that remains to be seen what they can do. But this team, Boise State, they will win 10 games this year. I understand they're in an inferior conference. I totally get it. But Boise State always storms the party, BCS. And they know that. And this date has been marked in their calendar for a very
1: long time. 517 is the statistical expectation for Maxwell? And we're going to talk a little bit about the rankings in general in just a second here. But, but Fino, i I totally agree. Similar situations they've been they've been circling this day for a while. This is the new Spartan Stadium. We've got two new scoreboards under the lights. The last time we were under the lights was the Wisconsin Little Giants game. There's a lot of hype surrounding this game overall. It's too much to the extent. Now, with all of this hype, what do you think are the keys for this MSU team to win? Is it Let me let me just clarify. I I don't want to hear a response saying oh, Will Golston needs to put pressure on the quarterback. Yeah, of course he does. I don't want to hear a response saying, oh, uh, 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 Darquez Denard needs two picks. Uh, who doesn't need two picks? But what is it really going to come down to? What is? What are the highs and lows? What is the big mismatch that Boise State displays against Michigan State?
0: When, one, one mismatch that I see that Boise State can overcome is... Always, And it's not necessarily a mismatch. But when I look at it, I can always... Boise State, you even said it. Boise State always seems to surprise every year. And I think what it's going to come down to really is... How is that D-line of MSU going to pose against Boise State's relatively young... But very limitedly experienced? I know a couple guys, seniors, but a pretty young offensive line for Boise State. How is MSU going to respond and pressure that... Rattle Joe Southwick. They have to rattle him. So when I look at it, I say, you know what? The one mismatch I see for Boise State is how is their running game going to get into the second level of the field? How are they going to block? You know, how do they play? I think it's not necessarily going to come down to a mismatch, but it's going to come down to how MSU's defense can rattle Southwick. And if they can do it early, Mm -hmm. boy, 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 it is going to be a long day for Boise State and an even longer flight.
1: Back to Boise. And speaking of doing it early, look at Will Golston against Denard the previous year. It was all done early and set the tone right away. I see your point. Absolutely. But I want to take a look at the statistics of this Boise State team on defense from last year. Okay. From all their games last year. Take a guess on how many yards they gave up a game. Boise State? Out of all their games, Boise State last year.
0: Per game, I would say this team gives up at least
1: 200 to 250 yards per game. This team, from 2011, gave up 320 yards a game. Wow. Wow. Now, let me ask you something. As bad as this defense is, and as unproven as Andrew Maxwell is, let's say Andrew Maxwell goes into this game and gets shut down by Boise State defense. Puts up no points. Let's say our defense... Plays extremely well, gets to Southwick and puts up maybe six points. What could happen, Fino, is the defense of Boise State could single-handedly win the game for them. Very possible, especially because of the unproven quarterbacks. Now, in any other situation, this would never happen. But it's the fact that we have an unproven quarterback at hand. That's the main issue.
0: It, you know, it, honestly, what you know, Alex, you're hundred percent correct. We don't know. We don't know what could happen. Anything could happen. You know, Let's. you'll look back at the Wisconsin game. Wisconsin in the first quarter is blowing us out of the water. It's almost going to be a clinic. MSU comes back in that beautiful defense and special team. Block, punt, touchdown, interceptions, 22-point second quarter. That's what it's going to take to beat Boise State. Get the momentum on your side as quickly as possible. Make the transition process easier.
1: Do what MSU does best. Win the toss. Defer the kick. 517-432-3893. It is 30 minutes after 7 o'clock. Stay tuned for more after this short break on the Spartan Sports Wrap. This is 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. You're listening to Impact Exposure. Exposure. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, Primetime, where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week.
0: Monday nights from 8 till 10, The Asian Invasion brings you the music from The Rising Sun. We'll bring you the latest pop, indie, rock, and electro from Korea, Japan, and China.
1: Only on Impact 89FM. <sighs>
2: An ordinary day, an ordinary family's living room filled with an ordinary bunch of kids, and they were doing nothing, when suddenly...
1: That's a personal foul in active activity on a sunny day.
2: Coming to the rescue was NFL running back Reggie Bush. Let's play. And play they did. There was running and jumping and laziness was crushed. Hey kids, don't get a lazy penalty. Go online to smallstep.gov for fun playtime ideas. So you can be a player too. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Attention shoppers, if anyone is missing a rather plump set of love handles, please come to the customer service counter and claim them. The ample love handles were lost in the produce department where their former our owner had purchased fruits and veggies to munch on during the big game. Thank you and have a good
1: day. Small Step number 81, snack on fruits and
0: veggies. It's just one of the many small steps you can take to get healthy. Learn more at
1: www.smallstep.gov.
0: A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services
1: and the Ad Council. Now back to Impact Exposure. And welcome back. This is the Spartan Sports Wrap here. 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. Alex Sharg, David DeFever out today. Anthony Serafino, go, also going by Fino. To my left here, we just got done discussing a little bit about expectations for the first game against Boise State. A little bit about Andrew Maxwell. But I do want to get to Fino. The mm-hmm. recent rankings in the AP poll. Okay. We talked about this before the show. But for those of you who are just tuning in and listening, the University of Michigan, the Wolverines, out of the AP poll... A lot of coaches, a lot of people, a lot of of journalists are a part of that ranking. And one person in particular gave a number one vote to no other than the University of Michigan. So, I want to ask you, Fino, the MSU Spartans are ranked 13 in both polls. Notre Dame isn't even ranked. But someone is willing to give the University of Michigan a number one ranking. First of all, I want to ask you, why did they get that number one, in your opinion? We'll, we'll read the article about, about okay. that and the guy who who, saw, who talked about that, but is there anything that you see in this University of Michigan team that demotes them or or, 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 or will, will downplay them from that number one role, or do you totally agree that they could, that they deserve to maybe have that right?
0: I mean, of course, obviously, when you look at it, non-impartial, non-biased, you know, opinion, but... You know, when I look at it, yeah, they're very entitled to the right of having the potential of receiving a number one vote. Do I think MS, you know, do I think, you know, Michigan, U of M, the University of Michigan, should have received this number one vote? Absolutely not. I mean, there's no, I am perplexed. I'm looking at the rankings right in front of my face, Alex. Sure. And I'm seeing who got number one votes in the AP. I mean, 25th USC, The un, you know, by far the number one team in the country preseason. You know, Roll Tide, University of Alabama, Nick Saban's squad, 17 votes, first place. LSU, how are they going to play out without Tyron Matthew? They're clocking in at third place, but receiving 16 votes. And then I see fourth place, you know, fourth, Oklahoma receiving one, and then I see eighth, I see Michigan, one vote. And I think it's just (laughs) measly one. Disgusting. I'm disgusted beyond belief. That they would even get one vote. Why? What has this team. Okay, note, they won a Sugar Bowl. Hey, they won a BCS game. They won a BCS game, which we, you know, fans will of course agree that they got a gift to be there. Them not playing in the conference championship game allowed them, as much as they don't like Sparty over there in Ann Arbor, MSU played such a big role to even give them that opportunity. You could even go back and say, if it wasn't for MSU, Michigan wouldn't have even received this vote. <laughs> it is that ridiculous.
1: Hey, but couldn't you make the same argument about an LSU team, about a Florida team, three years ago, when, when you know, you, you remember, when, when USC would lose to UCLA and, and then that gives another SEC team the nod. Wouldn't the same thing go for any other team, as that's my defense against yours?
0: LSU was in the national championship. Data served to get 16 votes. And with all fairness, these votes were thrown in and casted when Tyron Matthew was on that team. That is something that not a lot of fans know. But in the coaches poll, LSU is undoubtedly number one here and receiving less first place votes. But when you look at the AP poll, LSU, you know what? They should be there. They should receive 16 votes. Oklahoma, you know what? I personally would not vote for them. I can totally see why USC is the number one. Silas Red going there. Yeah. No depth at running back. Now you add Red. It's what Lane Kiffin wanted. what Exactly what Kiffin wanted. Kiffin didn't even vote for his own team in the Coaches Bowl, he didn't vote for, you know, USC. True. But you know what? When it comes down to it, USC, Alabama, LSU, maybe even Oklahoma, these are all teams that could receive a vote. And not raise a question or an eyebrow. But when Michigan
1: receives a vote,
0: it is totally
1: ludicrous. Now, I have to ask you, Denard Robinson, as as unbiasedly as possible, we are MSU students. Yes. We are Spartan fans. As unbiased as possible, you have to look at this. I don't think there is any quarterback with the skill set that Denard Robinson has on the ground. Running game. Running. Running-wise, I 100% agree. Now... The guy who, who gave the rating and said that Michigan should be number one, his reason for his ranking was purely Denard Robinson.
0: His purely reason
1: Gennard. was because there is no quarterback like him and that he deserve, Michigan deserves to be number one because they have that ability and that knack that will lead them to a number one spot. They're not saying they're the best team. They're saying in that ranking that this team will be number one ranked. That's what you have to remember. So... In his defense, Fino you know, against yours, I'm gonna say yes. I do agree with giving a Michigan number one spot because they have that tool that no one else has. Will they be number one? Frankly, I don't think so. But with the ranking, I do see the side that this could be a number one team. 517-432-3893. Did this University of Michigan team deserve a number one ranking? Or tweet at us at 89 FM Sports Rap about this AP ranking. Now Aside from Denard Robinson, Fina, let's talk for a second about his recent statements against the media. Denard Robinson came out and said that he would beat Usain Bolt in a 40. Your thoughts on this? Is this too much? First of all, I think it's, it's a little ludicrous for him to come out, especially as close as the season is, to, to, to distract this attention. This was a guy, and I'm going to go on a little rant here. This it's was crazy. a guy. This was a guy that was selected to be the Big Ten keynote speaker. The same honor that Kirk Cousins had last year. This is the same honor as Kirk Cousins had. He was selected by the Big Ten Conference to represent them, to represent the image and the respect and the courage of the Big Ten Conference. Denard Robinson goes out to the media, throws all of that out the window, and goes ahead and makes a remark that he can beat an Olympian in a 40. Not only an Olympian, but the greatest Olympic sprinter of all time. Now, what will this do to the University of Michigan team and even to the Big Ten Conference? It's just unnecessary attention.
0: If people are not, if you go into practice and reporters are asking you questions not affiliated to what either the, what's expectations on the season or what's going on in the practice field, there is a serious issue of what are you talking with to the media? You said it yourself. What an honor it is to be nominated and picked the Big Ten keynote speaker to represent not only Michigan, but our conference. Now, do I think that Denard should, you know, Denard, listen, the whole thing with Denard is this. Michigan's season hinders all on Denard. There's no doubt about it. But to go out to the media and say that you're faster than Usain Bolt pretty much is what you just said. Obviously, you don't watch television because if you watched it and you saw the Olympics He was by far the fastest person in the world. Absolutely. And guess what? We're going to see him in Rio in 2016. And I promise you, he will be fast, if not faster, than what he did
1: this summer in London. That's a big statement considering that look about this results of the Olympics and look at that race. You had Usain Bolt, you had Gatlin, and you had Two other prize Olympians all competing in the 100. And Usain Bolt still comes out on top. Now, speaking of Denard, you think that he will be better?
0: There's no way I could see Denard even beating him in 100 meters. He said 40 because he knows. Usain, there's a reason why he said 40, Alex. He's not saying 100. Because 40 yards, it takes the average Olympic sprinter to reach top speed 45 meters into the race, into 100 meters. At the 45th meter, you are reaching and accelerating to your top speed to maintain. That is why Denard thinks he can beat Usain. There's no blocks. Can he be faster on flat ground? I know he can. Watch him in the Olympic relays. That's how you can tell in the last 100 meters of that four x one. He's faster than everyone. And he's not even trying, bro. He's honestly, he's not even trying. The average Olympic sprinter takes 47 paces to reach 100 meters. Usain Bolt takes 41.
1: He's just unstoppable. 517-432-3893 is the number at 89FM Sports Rep. If you want to send us a tweet, if you want to comment on this issue, what will this do to the Big Ten Conference? And moving on now, let's talk a little bit about the Detroit Tigers. This team, week in and week out, cannot stay consistent and I don't want to spend you know another week talking about what this team needs to do what is the key to this team no one really knows the key to this team but I want to focus on something that no one in the media is talking about let's put the eyes on the very own Jim Leland himself this guy has had the pieces together for four years now I, I, I can someone make the argument maybe five but I would say four years starting back from 2008 maybe 2009, mm. this guy has had the pieces together. He's had pretty much a consistent roster. Besides when they had to deep into the Toledo mud Hens for second base, besides before when it was Miguel Cabrera and the mud Hens, they pretty much had a team that could go in and year in and year out compete in the playoffs and compete for a World Series. Now, this year is different, you know. This year, they spend the money. This year, Tons. they are the new Yankees of the AL Central. This year, they have put the cap and they have put the pl- the pl- the players in places to succeed. They have the p- they have what it takes, in my opinion, this year. Now, if they do not make the playoffs this year, I'm going to go out and say, fire Leland. I think it should have been done last year. I think they had the pieces two years ago. I think with Maglio Ordonez and Mikel- Miguel Cabrera alone, and even yet, I think they should have been in the playoffs two, three years ago. Now... That had to happen with Minnesota creeping up from behind. That had to do with managerial decisions. But are you impressed with Leland so far this year? And and what about the rest of this team? Do you think that this is as maxed out as they can go? Do you think there's another level? I like think there's definitely
0: it? another, you know, not to cut you off, but I definitely think there's another level for this Tiger team. And I say it because the Tigers are starting to gel now, you'll be like, "How are they starting to gel?" In their last ten games, in their last ten games, this team has not performed the way they should perform. Fino, they're four and six in their last ten games. I understand, but when you sit down to it, Tiger fans, you're two games out of the wild card. You're a game and a half out of first place in the Central. You do not need to jump off a bridge. Now, do, now, do I think Leland should be let go if they do not make the playoffs? I'm going to go out and agree with you. I think so. But do I think if they make the playoffs? And Leland doesn't lead him to the World Series. Forget the World Series. Let's actually try to beat the Rangers in a pennant and in the ALCS, which they failed to do two years in a row. They just can't beat them. And it's just, it bothers me because it's the same goat. It's the hump in the road that they can't cross over. What does Texas do that makes them unbeatable against Detroit? You know, they played well against Detroit this year. But who cares whether you do in the regular season? It's about playoffs. And this team, like you said, Dombrowski has pumped so many dollars into this team. Yeah. Going on the deadline and say, you know what, we need another starter. We spoke about it, Alex. We need out there and get another starter. Let's get Anibal Sanchez, who's been struggling. He said he's not worried about his struggles. Sure. Let's see how he is down the road. You go out there and we say they need a second baseman. Santiago, Rayburn, these guys are not cutting it. You go out and you bring a blast from the past in Omar Infante who just did a home run yesterday. He's fine to start it coming around. You bring pieces in to win. This Tiger team is built to win now and immediately. But even if they don't win the World Series this year, next year, I know there's always a next year, but next year, if this team doesn't win this year, next year is going to be their year to so say Tigers are for real. You get Scherzer is really starting to turn a corner. He is striking out guys at a pace he's never done before, period. And Fielder is literally hitting the ball out of the stadium. It is unbelievable what Fielder has done. To say that in the top five RBI leaders in the AL, Detroit is the only team that has two teams in that top five. Detroit, no one is doubting Detroit's offense. If it's not Miguel getting a big hit, it's the other guy in Prince.
1: Sure. You know? But but look at this schedule, Fino. 12 of their next 15 games are at home. They've played Texas. They've played Boston. They've played Cleveland. They've beaten the teams they need. I mean, sorry, ask Texas out of there. But they've, play, they've beaten the teams they need to. And with this 12 to 15 game homestand that they have, I think they can beat these teams that they're facing. They don't have as difficult as a schedule. Now, when it comes to Texas, like we were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. When it comes to the Yankees, when it comes to the teams that compete with the Tigers at the top, they can't seem to win. They can't,
0: and they can't, and it remains to be seen. Look at their upcoming series. We, let's look at the Tigers' upcoming series. Versus Toronto home, tomorrow, Scherzer. You know, this is who we're throwing out. We're throwing out Scherzer. We're throwing out Sanchez, who's 6-10. And, and we're throwing out Justin Verlander. Who would have thought that this deep in the season, August 20th, 2012, that Max Scherzer was going to have the same amount of wins as Justin Verlander? That's how good Scherzer is pitching? Or that's potentially, well, Verlander, it's very tough to repeat 25-win season. Okay, that's very uncharacteristic. But you look at that series, and I can't see why the Tigers should win 2 out of 3. I cannot if not a sweep. You have Toronto coming in. Los Angeles always plays them tough. They're coming in. And then you go to Kansas City and a team that you should win. And then you have a very all-important series with, with the White Sox. And then it comes down to, you know, they have two big series left with the White Sox. One in Chicago in mid-September and one home here in, you know, two weeks. And I think if you don't win four out of those six games in Chicago, when it's getting to crunch time in a pennant race, you need to win those games. Period. So when I look at the expectation for the Tigers, I think they can win, but they need to take it series by series and win these games. And if not, maybe we got to look at something drastic and cut
1: Leland loose. That's something you got to look at. And if it's not Leland, Fino, I mean, you being a Mets guy, you know, you're out of state. You don't know too much about the depth of this minor league team. You don't know, you know, really as much as, as the local guys do about players coming up in the organization. But if it's not Leland, first of all, what other piece do they need and to what is the next move I mean when I look at pieces
0: for the Tigers they are pretty built to win right now at the deadline we said like we said we, they needed a second baseman they needed a starter and you said we were arguing I think they need second base over a pitcher we, I said vice versa but you know when it came down to it they did both and you know what and if they don't win I don't I think if this team doesn't win this year or even next year, you need to honestly look at possibly blowing some pieces up in the squad and rebuilding it back up again. That's something you have to look at. Barry has stepped up very pleasantly. Austin Jackson is playing great baseball. you know. But then you have to look at, Cabrera gives you it every year. Fielder gives it to you every year. If this team doesn't win this year or next, it's realistic that you got to look at it and say, we got to blow this thing up and say, we need to start over. This is $140 million payroll. Yeah, This is built to win status. Sure. AL is very competitive. And if you can't do it, you got teams like the Angels at the deadline that made a stride. If they're coming in, who knew the White Sox would be division leading at this August 20th date? You're telling me that White Sox, Robin Ventura, what he has done to that team is unbelievable. That is a manager that I always knew would potentially succeed in the MLB, and I'm seeing it hmm. this year. Robin Matura has got a great baseball mind. So does Leland. I'm not disputing that. But if you don't, Leland has had ten, almost ten years to do it, and he's not even come out with. Oh, he's come out with one pennant. Oh, six pennant was it? Right. And they didn't look good in the World Series. We yeah. all remember that. The Cardinals were the wild card team that year, and
1: took him to the park. Five one seven four three two thirty eight ninety three. You have the opinion from Fino, this Tiger team. They do have the $140 million pieces in place. It's the fact that they can stay consistent in and out. But moving on now, it's preseason football. It's a big time of the year. You have your New York teams, of course, competing. But what Mm -hmm. we want to focus on that we're going to talk about today is Calvin Johnson. And and before we talk talk about Calvin, I want to take the phones real quick. You are on the Spartan Sports app. Who is this and where are you calling from?
2: This is Elmo from Detroit.
1: Elmo, what's going on, man? How are you?
2: Man, I love your show. I love your show.
1: Thanks, thanks. Elmo. Thanks. So, uh, listen. So, we just got done talking about the Detroit Tigers. We're talking about Jim Leland. We're talking about the $140 million payroll they have in place. We're talking about the fact that everyone knows this team cannot stay consistent. So, at the end of this season, Elmo... Do you fire Jim Leland if they do not make the playoffs? Do you do you look at that coaching staff? Do you look at the hitting coach? Do you look at Greg Knapp? Who do you look at on that staff and look at and say, "Hey, we got to give you the boot"?
2: Well, you know, I think I think there's going to have to be some changes made, and I, it has to start at the top.
1: And what do you mean by the top? Do you mean necessarily uh, the rotation? Do you mean the coaching staff? Do you mean the general manager?
2: I think, I, I think it's got to start with the coaching staff, Leland. Gene tennis. I mean, Lamont.
1: So so, so, so are you saying that the coaching staff is the only reason why this team is losing?
2: Well, it might. It may not be. I mean, they, they can't. You know, they can't take the place of the hitters or the pitchers. I mean, they're not on the field. They're not. But there's obviously they're going to need some changes that need to be made, just to change it up. leland has been there a while. They haven't been producing. Um, you you, you just got to start somewhere. And I think it has to start at the top.
0: I mean, yeah, I, I totally agree with Elmo. I mean, you, you can't. You have to. This is a team. He, Elmo said it. He has been here for a while. You can't. Wh- where do you cut the line here? This team is built to win. Dombrowski has done it all. Raised payroll. They're in it to win it. Sure. And have one pennant in his tenure. They have to win this year. Do you think Leland can pull the strings to beat Texas in a playoff run? Are we confident Texas, the Tigers can beat Texas in seven games? Personally, I'm not confident that they can beat them. I mean, you have to make changes. Sure. And I think and I agree. It
1: starts with the manager. Absolutely. 517-432-3893 is the number. We're going to talk a little bit about Calvin Johnson right now. Recently on the cover of Madden. Now, with this, with him being on the cover... You ask yourself, we know the Madden curse, you know, we know that every year a new player is on the Madden cover, they end up ending, not not ending, but they end up damaging the most of the career. Now, I ask you, did this Madden curse hold true this year? How many games will he play in? Is he injury prone? What are your thoughts on the curse?
0: I mean, when I look at the curse, I'm not one to believe in myths, in these certain type of superstitious beings and myths and just curses. But let me say this. The Madden curse is something that I potentially have to entertain the idea of, of believing in. Why not? I'm looking at it. 2000 cover, Barry Sanders abruptly retires. Oh boy, do Lions fans know all about Barry. Eddie George, oh one one cover. Lost divisional round. Got you know, bobbled just not not never averaged more than three point four yards a carry for the rest of his career ever since that year. Dante Culpepper just twenty three interceptions in a season broke the record for most fumbles in a season. Second. Wow! I mean, this list goes on and on. I can even go mention Michael Vick, 0-4 cover, woof woof, dog fighting, yep. unbelievable. It's I mean, so it's just then I look Sean Alexander, the le- the year, the reigning MVP. Sustained a foot injury, missed six starts, and his subsequently less rushing statistics from those from the previous seasons, unbelievable. I look at it, no way. I believe in it. I can't, brace yourself Detroit fans, no one wants him to be on the Madden cover. Well,
1: let's go to the phones. You are on the FM Sports Wrap.
2: This is Elmo again. I got disconnected.
1: Oh, Elmo, don't worry about it, man. Yo, yo, so we're talking now a little bit about Calvin Johnson. He's placed on the cover of Madden. There's always a curse that whoever's on the cover, they end up not playing well during the year. So, Elmo. Uh,
2: it's a myth. It's a myth. We can't even think like that. Calvin Johnson is the king of wide receivers. He's the man. I mean, he, 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 all the other people on the covers were running backs and quarterbacks, taking all the brutal punishment. Yeah. yeah, this is this, this is a monster game. People are going to get hurt, but Calvin Johnson is a soldier. He will get back in the game if he gets hurt. He's not going to be held out too long.
1: But, Elmo, how do you know? We have not seen it yet. We have seen the Madden curse year and year and year and year out. This Madden curse holding true and ending players' careers earlier. We've seen it with injuries in the 2001 cover. We've seen the video game cover. Whoever's on that year they end up losing their career. So do you agree with the Madden curse or do you think it's all a fallacy?
2: It's all, it's all make-believe. can't even think about the curse. There's no such thing.
1: All right, Almo, I appreciate you calling on the show today. We'll talk to you soon.
0: Thank you. Love your show. Take Thanks,
1: Almo. Thanks, Almo. Take care. Bye-bye. So, so with that holding true, you know, you said it yourself. Every year someone has something. And you said it. Calvin Johnson this year is injury-prone. So if Calvin Johnson's injury-prone, what happens to this lion team
0: it's scary it's scary because then you look at a very depleted you look at a very depleted wide receiver position now i say depleted you know but when anytime any player of a caliber like calvin johnson that you take out of the lineup i agree with elmo you can't think like that but at the same time facts are facts people underperform when they're on this cover now, he has to, we also have to be cognizant about he has an asterisk and a star on his back. This is the greatest and best receiver, arguably, in the NFL today. Sure. You don't think they're going to double him up top? He's going be. You think he's going to get single coverage? Now, you can come back and say, you know what, Fino? He's uncoverable. This guy's a monster. I agree. The guy's an absolute monster, and he's killing it in preseason, but this is preseason. Sure. You can't think like that, but
1: he's, you know— We'll have to see what happens. I mean... Fair, fair enough. And if you want to tweet in at the last couple minutes of the show, it's at 89FM Sports Rap. Whether that's commenting on the Lions, whether that's commenting on the Tigers or the MSU Spartans, we've got it all here on the FM Sports Rap. But capping off, and as you said, Calvin Johnson has an asterisk to his name. Look at the asterisk that applies to Melky Cabrera. Our goon of the week this week is Melky Cabrera. The guy coming out, Fino, and you're going to talk a little bit about this, but... Mm-hmm. The guy trying to cover up his own scandal. Ridiculous.
0: I mean, I cannot even... When I heard this news, I am so saddened. And you're like, Fino, why, why are you sad? Because this is our game that we love. We love the sport of baseball. And just when we think we're moving a new chapter and moving forward, we can never get away from PEDS and all this HGH and all the things. We cannot even think about it. And fathom... That people are still doing it. You know what people are arguing now, Alex? That what? this guy doing the testosterone and everything. This guy was the All Star Game MVP. What is decided during the All Star Game? Home field advantage in the World Series. Now the NL wins it. He is the he is the MVP unlawfully. Now that we find out because of their regular you know levels of testosterone. Sure. But now you can argue and say, guess what? They have received an unfair advantage, and therefore the NL has an unfair advantage. You can sit and say that. We can never get past this. And you know what? The whole cover-up thing with this website is a joke. And know that it, was, it wasn't contaminated meat. It wasn't any. It, you know what? There's no excuse here. He, it wasn't like a Ryan Braun situation of a, of a mishandled test. Absolutely. We've never seen that happen before. Never. But you know what? This is a year of firsts for everything baseball is turning the page and just when we try to turn that page as fans as writers in the media as we are where can we get where can we get over this we can never get over this as in the media as in the fans and it's sad that this is the game that we've loved getting tarnished
1: and that's the line and that's where the line is drawn thank you all for tuning in on today's show if you want to call, remember the number next week, 517-432-3893. We will be back again next week. And remember to tweet at us, at 89FM Sports Again, at 89FM Sports Feel free to tweet or call during any part of the show. But again, capping off our Goon of the Week, Melky Cabrera, trying to cheat himself out of the substance abuse scandal. Well, we'll be back next week. We'll see what happens with this Spartan team. I'm Alex Sharg, and to my left, it's Fino. We will be back next week.
0: You've been listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Tune in every week for more of the greatest sports information, news, and analysis. Here and only here on Impact 89FM.